Daddy, this is crazy, man. You got everybody thinking that we're kissing sisters out. See, I mean, at this what, point, Danny, you're drunk. Like, you know how you know how everybody says when you it's when you tie, it's like a brother and sister kissing. Like, no, you never heard you that. Never heard that? Oh, you're a wild no. bro. That's the battered way of looking at things, though, right? Because we're the battered hair on speed. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 59 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Granada. Alongside me, as always, is Mr. KBD himself. How are you doing, sir? Oh, you're on mute, sir. You're on mute. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long night. As you can tell, I'm on mute. Uh, but yeah. better late than never. 10 o'clock is sure. the, the start for tonight. And we... we we got a power week. This week is powerful. A lot of games, man. A lot of games in May in general. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, and I mean, as you could see, people are already chiming in the chat. You know, yesterday we had the win, and we're going to talk a little bit about that and the upcoming game this weekend. So, it's been uh, it's been a slew of games. What's going on, Pete? And uh, Mr. Krabs, as always, joining us. Appreciate you guys joining us live on the chat at 10 o'clock. Yeah, yesterday we won. I mean, what else could you really say? It was something that I think we didn't expect because we thought Nashville kind of handed it to us. But I think because Nashville felt so overconfident the way they beat us last week, they kind of came out with a a week 11, right? Maybe they felt... Let's let's get our, our guys some rest. We can bring them on late in the game, and we'll steal one late. And it kind of felt like that's the way it was going. We took that lead with that negative goal, and then next thing you know, they bring in their subs immediately, tie the game, and things and momentum is just looking like it's not on our side. And then, of course, good old Florida with the rain delays. I mean, I know we're always begging for a roof, but it kind of worked in our favor last night. Well... I'll tell you that when the moment that I saw Mutar come back on, come on, I said, oh, this is not good. Everybody is tired as hell. This guy's about to go ham on everybody. We're about to lose this game in, in a matter of minutes. And he comes out and I mean, not that he is the one that scored, but he's making a difference. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the person that scored for them was a substitution as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, what? I don't remember exactly who it was that scored. I just, I remember that it happened and I thought to myself, well, that was nice. As soon yeah. as the substitutions came in, they're, they're real 11 going to come on. They're going to take this game. And, and luckily again, it didn't. I remember they, they won a free kick and before yeah. they took that free kick, then the, the rain delay or the thunder lightning, whatever delay happened, the, the weather delay happened. And they kind of said, okay, you guys got to hold off for 30 minutes, killed the momentum. We came on, and what was it? Was it even two minutes after the restart? We got that yeah. that bang-bang play. Was it was it yes. Miller to uh, to Coco? And then Coco, Coco kind of laid it off to Stefanelli. And Stefanelli finished it off. Stefanelli finally doing something positive. So, I mean, you really can't complain. After they scored, they held it down defensively. They made sure that they – that. Uh, Nashville didn't score, and we t- we took the W, which is really all that matters. Um, how you feeling well, after qualifying for the first ever quarterfinals of the Open Cup? Well, uh, to talk about the goals a little bit, a little specifically, I do like the fact that we were able to create uh, on those goals. They weren't just happenstance goals. It, it wasn't off rebounds. It wasn't off of luck. Like those, those two counters goals were like. Yeah, those two goals were not only off of counters, but they were like very, very tactically goals, I guess. You know what I mean? Like what the the first goal I think you had um you had Negri put the first one in and that was Yeah, a, a lot of mm-hmm. uh-huh. No, some people were yeah, saying you... that uh that maybe because Negri usually cuts to the to the frame, right? He usually goes wide, but instead yes. of going wide, he kind of cut in. And he kind of yes. gave Taylor no other option but to hit him with the ball where he did. And it ended up working out for us, right? But um, Yes. And I, then I, on the second – yeah, go ahead. You were going to say sorry about that. No, I, I was going to talk about the second one, but go ahead. Yeah, and then the second goal, like – and listen, 
it's like what I mentioned on on Twitter, and I think we talked a little bit about it as well, right? Everybody's going to look at the man of the match of Stefanelli, that he's the one that came in, made the difference. But let me tell you something. Coco Jean played all game, and he was running and hustling, trying to, you know, get in to steal the ball and, and make plays. He was pushing the pace. He was on both sides of the field, and I thought that Coco Jean, to me, was clearly the man of the match. Because you know what it is? That you're getting the pass over the head from Miller, and you have the wherewithal to see, have the awareness, see uh, Stefanelli making the cut towards the towards the net, and then you kind of just volley pass it right over everybody. I mean, you that's, that's something that just, it's in the snap of a moment, you figure that out. And if you're a skilled player, you're making that play happen. But that's counterattacking football, which yeah. is what we want them to play, which is what we were saying. That yes. on our winning streak, that's what we were doing. We were we were going on the counter and then defending yeah. with five in the back with the double pivot, basically seven in the back almost. Uh, and, yeah. and that's kind of what we wanted to go. And then we felt like we got away from it a little bit. It's nice that we scored on 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 two counters. And I mean, I I'm glad that we won again. I, and if you're a regular on this show, you know I'm not big on the Open Cup. Uh, I, I know that a lot of people are going to celebrate it like if it was an MLS Cup championship, if we were to win it, and that's fine. I I mean, I celebrate yeah. just regular season wins, period. So I would also celebrate a victory, but no way, uh, to me at least, it doesn't come anywhere near as close as winning an MLS Cup, right? Like everybody's like, oh, but at least it's silverware. Yeah, I guess it's silverware. To me, it's just like, okay, it's cool. It's an accomplishment, but I, I'm not going to go crazy about it. Well, I mean, I mean, look, Mr. Krabs is also chiming in here. You know, Birmingham beat Charlotte. Do we have an easy path to the final? I mean, I don't want to count, you know, my eggs before they hatch here, Krabs. But, I mean, it's kind of looking that way, right? You got Birmingham. They beat Charlotte tonight 1-0. We're playing another U.S., you know, uh, U.S., uh, a USL team. And yeah, but I mean, you really can't discredit Birmingham if they beat an MLS team. They could beat another one. Like everybody thought that Sacramento would eventually lose last year, and they made it all the way to the final. I don't know, man. I mean, if if if, if Miami FC would have beat us, you think that their following opponents would be having those same words about you know Miami FC? Like, oh, well, they beat a an MLS team. Like you can't discount well, at that. At, but at that point, we sucked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean. You know, we still look. We would still have to face MLS competition until the final. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, it, obviously, it's not better. It's not equal or better than winning the MLS Cup, but it's better than that damn Carolina Cup. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I mean, no, definitely better than the Carolina Cup. But again, I'm not getting excited about it. But again, I do think it's an accomplishment. Oh. I do want to see them win, right? Like, I like I said, I celebrate regular season wins. If you watch that goal from Campana, I mean, I guess it was against Orlando, so it adds to it. But if you watch that that goal against Orlando and you take a look at, at the top right corner of the goal post, the back post, yeah. you could see me there. And it looks like I'm losing my mind when he scores. I celebrate when Miami does well. Like, it just is what it is. I can't help it. Yeah. So if they yeah. were to win the Open Cup, yes, I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to be happy that they won something. But again, to me, it's nowhere near what the MLS Cup is. That that's what I want. I mean, it's Listen, either that or the Concacaf Champions League. That one I would celebrate probably even more than an MLS Cup. But um, but to me, that that's the that's the goal. Well, listen, you know, but before we wrap this puppy up, right? Sean Callahan says they have a bunch of MLS X players. Uh, Steve Munoz is chiming in. Open Cup is still just silverware earns you into. Uh, what is that? The, but you know what? The CONCACAF yes, the, Champions the, the, League or whatever. Yes, and you know what? To what Steve Munoz is saying, it's true. It does give you an entrance there. But you know what? Everybody talks about it being silverware and being happy that they won a championship or a trophy. I would look at it as an entrance to that tournament because that's where you want to be. As a big club, that's what you want to be. You want to be part of that tournament. So, again, I wouldn't be celebrating the trophy as like, oh, my God, we have a trophy, which I know. I am 100% sure. That if they were to somehow win this trophy, you'd have people going crazy on Twitter. We got a trophy. Look at the, the corny Orlando fans that celebrate that trophy. Like if they won anything important last year. Shut the fuck up. It's just a stupid well, I, open cup. Like it, it's, it's so corny to me that they celebrate it the way they do. So again, 
I understand it's a trophy. I, I get that you're going to take pictures and there's going to be people posting about the pictures. But to me, it, it's really the same as this. Like, what, what I will be celebrating is the fact that we are in the Champions League the following year. Look, and, and before we wrap this up, I want to make this point real quickly. Uh, Birmingham, they played Miami FC a week after we played them. Uh-huh. And Miami FC rocked them 3 1. So eat that. And, oh, well, oh, look. We're, we're, <laughs> to eat I, that. I'm, not saying, and that's I'm not saying that we can't beat them. I'm just saying that they beat an MLS team. So I'm not saying. And at that point, wh- when is the game? Is it? It's in two weeks, right? It would be like in three weeks, I believe. It's, it's uh, like June, June 5th, 6th. 6th. June okay. 6th, like a weirdo time. So so that's two weeks from now. And yeah. when at that point, we've been we how many games did we play in May? We played like seven games in May. And yeah. then at that point, we'll play on Wednesday against the Red Bulls, May 31st. Then we're gonna play against DC United June 3rd, and then you're gonna add a game on June 5th or 6th. And then you're going to add uh, – then after that, we're playing against New England on June 10th. Like, there's a chance that we have to rest some guys for that game. Like, we can't uh, uh, go Mr. all in. Mr. Krabs is saying that a USL team beating an MLS team is like an XFL team beating an NFL team. I mean, I don't know. I guess. I, I, and, I mean and, – and, and Steve. And, and, I, and Steve is giving you the business right here, Dan. No, like, but, but sh- I – Shut I, it down. I – I agree with everything he's saying. I understand that the Open Cup is the equivalent of the FA Cup and the Copa del Rey. I'm just telling you, I don't respect those trophies either. I think they're stupid. <laughs> I think they're stupid as hell. I, I do. I, that, that's me personally. But these are people that have grown up watching European soccer since they were little kids. So they're like, okay, well, maybe we don't get the big trophy, but we can get one of the little cute ones that everybody wins like on the weekdays. Like, to me, that's stupid. I don't give a crap about Copa del Rey. I don't give a crap about the FA Cup. I don't care about any of those, like, during the league. Like, the NBA wants to do one next year. I think it's stupid as hell. Give me the oh. real trophy or give me Champions League. Those are the only two I respect. The other ones, I, I can give three craps about. Like, I don't understand not... why people celebrate like Copa del Rey. Who the hell cares about like Copa Just so that they can say that they won the trifecta. That's why they do it. Well, if anybody in the chat is planning on going to Alabama... Hit me up, and we'll make that down south road trip. I'll pack the bus from Homestead. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Ooh, what about this? Supporters' Cup or MLS Cup? Do you remember who the Supporters' Cup were last year? It was, just in case you don't, it, it was Philly. I Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Nobody cares because they, they didn't win it. But it was LAFC. LAFC were the champions last year. It was a plaque for what? Miami Fusion won that in 2001. You know what happened to them? They got rid of them a couple <laughs> months later. Like, it, it means nothing. All right. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, what do you think about Negri? He's last a great night. offensive player. He's a great offensive player. You know, like, uh, the cat's out the bag. He's a great offensive player. But that's not what we brought him here for. Well, we no, bring I mean, to be to be fair, to be fair, depending on how, how the teams play, I, I do think that he's counted on to be offensive. But I, I think that if we're lacking um in offensive talent or anybody that could build up, let's say the wings, uh, yeah. I think that we should move him. Like we play people out of position. I think that he wouldn't be bad playing in the in the midfield, in the left mid or a left wing, something like that. Like I, I don't know. I I think that they should look into that because I think he contributes a lot offensively. It's just that, you know, to me, he he still leaves something to be desired defensively. In yesterday's game, I thought that he kind of left it open and in, in, in on his side often. Uh, I mean, I get it. You know, it, you push up enough, you're going to open up the back very often. Yeah, it's just I mean, because Neville asked him to attack so much that yeah. it, it, it's all, it, it, he might even be a good defender. It's just that he he's always attacking. So yeah. maybe, you know, maybe he is a, a better defender than I'm giving him credit for. It's just that I haven't had the chance to see it because, like I said, he's always attacking. Um, and, uh, and and thank you, Richard Greenberg, for joining us tonight. Yes, Montreal did have uh, a Canadian Cup match tonight. They won 
They won two to zero. And actually, we were going to have uh, some people join us from uh, uh, CF Montreal today to kind of help us preview like we do every Wednesday. But they were all going to the match because the match was in Montreal. So yeah. they all said that they couldn't make it. So unfortunately, um, we don't have anybody. But I did have uh, an opportunity to talk to two of them uh, separately. And I got to ask them a couple questions. And uh, when we start talking about Montreal in a couple of minutes, I'll, I'll let you know what they said uh, about the team. Um, so all in all, Chris, to- yesterday, success. We won quarterfinals. How are you feeling as far as the whole, uh, you know, what's his face, uh, Phil Neville? Do you think that this takes any heat off of him for a little bit? I I do think it does take some heat off of him. Like I told you, win or lose, I didn't mm-hmm. think I didn't think that people were gonna, were going to give him the business in this game. Where I think mm-hmm. it matters is still Montreal. I I think that that game is a I think it's a make or break for him. To be honest, okay, because. Okay. We're talking about playing uh, 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 an opponent who first we played them in the beginning of the season. We won, and now major changes occurred in that team. Not only major changes, but major changes with players that used to play with us. So we're mm-hmm. talking about some big stakes on this game. Mm-hmm. Um, last night, I thought if we would have somehow lost, I think it would have been a bad look for the simple fact that we weren't able to take uh, I mean, I guess we technically had a 1-0 lead, but I felt like we should have yeah. taken more advantage of their rotational squad. Like, we had our best 11 out there, basically. Even if you don't think yeah. it was a good 11. Outside of Kromashi, we had our, our best 11 out there. And what we did is we built up a 1-0 lead. We actually, Drake saved a couple balls that probably should have been a tied game at one point. Maybe even they yes. take a lead. And I remember I thought to myself, like, Jesus Christ, if this is with their rotational squad, imagine when they bring on the starters. Uh, but again... It is what it is. We we got out of way to win, and um, yeah, I mean, we we got to respect it. We scored on the counter, and I really do hope that we go back to that kind of game plan against Montreal. And we're gonna get into that in a second. But one last thing I wanted to touch on uh, from yesterday's game, and I'll ask you what you thought, and then I'll give you my two cents on it. Ian Frey yeah. got the start. What did you think about Ian Frey yesterday? I, I think I think he has, and I guess this is sort of cliche since he's a young player, I could see the potential from what I did some research uh, about Ian Frey. I think he played midfield at some point in his career, um, and then he got thrown back as, as a center back. So, I mean, I, I could see the potential there. I could see that he's trying to make plays happen. Is, is, the, is the skill there or the polish there? Not yet. I think that's going to come with some experience. But, hey, I, I really didn't have a problem with how he played. I didn't. Uh, I felt like he tried to get a little ballsy on some plays, like he's like he's that guy. But he's, like, not that guy. Far mm-hmm. from that guy, from being that guy. But right. I think I think in due time he'll find out. Um, <clears throat> we talked about it. I want to say it was the last episode. Maybe last week when we talked about Ian Frey and possibly fitting in as a CDM. And yeah. uh, I, you know, th- that's where I thought that he might be. Well, like I, like I said when we were talking about that, I don't know how well he is with the, with the uh, ball at his feet, but I think yeah. he showed like that he has some skill. He can get yeah. clean passes off, and he can, he can connect plays. And so I kind of like what I saw from him uh, when they kind of gave that starting lineup. You know that Inter Miami kind of just lists the players, and when yeah. I saw that list of players, I saw a lot of people like, oh, five in the back, five in the back. I thought. He might be playing the double pivot. He might be playing with two CDMs, which is what ended up happening when the game started. Right? I tweeted out, like, what do you think? Is it double pivot or is it five in the back? Because I did yeah. have my doubt. I thought it might be a double pivot, and it was. And I kind of like that because what we missed out when Gregory came out was we missed out on that on that bulldog defender. And as soon as he came out, Mota, which was our, our midfielder that kind of connected the back line to the front line, we were That's missing cool. him. And he came in, he came in and he kind of replaced Gregory. So he stopped yeah. doing what he did best, which was connect the, the back line to the front line because he had to stay back so much. And then we yeah. brought Bryce Duke back there and we were kind of just lost. But we brought in Dixon Arroyo to fill in that Gregory role. That's great. So once we have him, now we have Mota freed to go ahead and again, connect the back line with the front line. But once Mota goes down, again, we're lost. And that's when David yeah. Ruiz came in. And he kind of filled in that Mota role. 
but David Ruiz is now gone. So we're again looking for that second CDM. And I think yeah. Ian Frey is the perfect guy. I, okay, let me rephrase that. Maybe not the perfect guy, but on this roster, he is the best guy suited for that position. And I kind of like the way he looked yesterday. I think that he can connect the back line to the front line. I saw that he was he was pushing the ball into the spaces. He was connecting the ball to the front line. I, I kind of liked what I saw. And I think we have a poor man's Gregory and Mota with Arroyo and Frey now. Well, and I mean, you, if you're reading this chat, you could really tell that 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 people are are liking what they saw yesterday with Ian Frey, and I mm -hmm. imagine that uh, this is and this is a player that, from my experience with the fans, that they've been waiting for him to show out, to come and show up and show out, and he had a good showing. So, mm -hmm. kudos to him, man. I, I think the, the you know I think the sky's the limit. I think that right now is the perfect time for him to shine, especially since Gregory and Mota are out. I mean, it's it's open it's open season for whoever wants the spot in the midfield. And on top well, of that, I, I mean, and, and Ryan Taylor, you know, to me, he played pretty good too. I mean, he tried to get a little saucy, but I think he's entitled to getting saucy. Well, I like Taylor out there just because he is, I, I think, the one player on this team. And if you can think of another one, please let me know. But he is the one yeah. player that I think has no fear in taking a yeah, defender on one-on-one. -on -one. No fear at all. He'll take anybody one-on-one -on -one and he'll create plays. Well, maybe uh, this guy that Matthew is mentioning, Pizarro. Who's expected, I guess, to return in Montreal? He's going to be out there with uh, Carmen San Diego. <laughs> uh, he's coming out uh, for those of you on audio. IMCF Traveler. Uh, well, that, that's pretty cool <laughs> that you guys are going to be out there. Um, if Pizarro comes back, do you think he starts? I guess we'll we'll, we'll, we'll start shifting over to to this coming week. We we'll start talking okay. about the Montreal game. So, Montreal, do you think that if Pizarro is back, do you think he starts? I don't know, man. I, I don't think so, and I'll tell you why. The mm -hmm. midfield right now is in such shambles. There's no one that at this point has concretely been able to retain the midfield position other than Arroyo, and that's just for lack of having somebody. Like, I mean, let's think sure. about it. Yeah, I mean, Ian, Ian Frey just started. Mm -hmm. uh, Taylor's been in and out. He's been mm -hmm. in and out. He hasn't been able mm -hmm. to consistently hold the midfield. Uh, Coco Jean's been in and out as well. Um, I mean, you know, who else? Uh, Stefanelli, he's been cold. He just got kind of hot, I guess. Uh, Kramashi, no, I, I still don't want to see him. Well, no, I don't want to see him either. But, I mean, but look at all these examples that I'm mentioning, right? I mean, we're talking about players that they still have not been able to concretely hold the, the midfield position other than for the need of a royal right and he's so, not okay. even that so, so are you saying that like Pisano should great. start then no look i, I don't think a royal is gonna start a royal is our our gregory now he is what we have at the six he's gonna start every game so that 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 part of the midfield is solidified i think until he's either resting or unhealthy so throw that out the bag he's starting now listen is ian frey starting next to him well and uh, I think that Ian Frey should start. I think okay. just moving into the same progression that he's having, I think he should start. I, yeah. I, I think it's that you're not going to lose anything by that. I think that it'd be worse to start Pizarro after this long time off because if he does get injured or has poor performance, then it is going to fall on Neville and he's people are going to hate on him and say, well, why'd you start him? He's been gone for so long. He was injured and he sucks. No thanks. Now, uh, you know, Matthew's bringing up a point in the chat. Coco also had a decent game. Listen, I've been calling for Coco to to, to start for a while this season. Very contrary to last season. Um, yes. Coco Jean, I can't wait. I can't believe I'm saying this, but he's shown me that hey, he's a good player. He flops. He's a hell of a flopper. I mean, that guy rolls yeah. for like ten minutes, but mm -hmm. he's been playing, man. Um and and Sean brought up that that Benja and Ruiz are the only uh, ML, uh mids to to write home about. You know, I th I thought Kramashi look and I'm not knocking him. He just turned 18 two months ago. So I have yeah. high That's hopes for this kid. But I think that he's kind of disappeared over the last two or three games. I I didn't think he's played as well as he did when he first came on and I also think that they're pushing him wide a lot also, which I don't think he's very comfortable playing wide. 
Uh, if they're going with the formation from yesterday, they're, they're going to be going with a 4-2-2-2, I, I suppose, right? Oh, or a 4-4-2, however you want to look at it. You know, those or, those a, or a 3-5-2, so a 3-5-2, like weird, like where you have Negri like flirting with the middle of the field. Yeah, well, I mean, that's when they put him at wing back. But I, I think that yesterday they just played four in the back with the double pivot, which I'm okay with. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Now, I'm okay with that if Arroyo can be disciplined and kind of stay back and help out defensively when Negri is over there getting a Coca-Cola <laughs> on the other side of the field. Um, but I'm okay with that. And I also like that if they're going to push the midfielders wide, right? Maybe like they're playing the diamond, let's say. Yeah. Well, not the diamond, but they say they're playing them wide. I like that that opens up space for Ian Frey to kind of push the ball up and Move connect up. with the forwards, which, which I saw a lot even, of yesterday. Even come on Miller. Uh, yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I'm okay with what, what we're doing. So let's see how, how this goes, but let, let's jump into the Montreal game. So we're playing Montreal and obviously everybody wants to talk about uh, Bryce Duke and Lasseter. Everybody's saying master. Steve Munoz said Duke and Lasseter master class. So I went ahead and because I, you know, I, I talked to some people from Montreal. I talked to, um, I don't want to forget his name. Oh man. I don't have his name on me right now, but I'm gonna let's well, say while you the, while you collect. Well, oh, well, there we you... go. Gavino De Falco, he is from uh, Montreal uh, CF Radio. I talked to him for a little while and asked him some questions. And also, I uh, talked to Sofian, which was our first guest this season before the first Montreal game. So I was talking to them back and forth about what they thought about uh, Duke Lasseter and just some tidbits about Montreal in general. So they said they both agree. The, the trade has been great for them for a few reasons. Kamal Miller, great defender, but they felt that they, they felt like they had an abundance of defenders, kind of like we felt like Bryce Duke wasn't going to get much playing time. I mean, yeah. obviously before all the injuries. Uh, so because he wasn't going to get much playing time, it was okay to kind of trade that asset away. They felt the same way with Kamal Miller. Even though he was starting for them, they could do without him. So they, they were good with the trade. They said Bryce Duke has been really good as far as creating goes. Bryce Duke has oh, been yeah. playing very well. Uh, and Lasseter has gotten accustomed to a new position because with them, they've moved them to a left wing back. They're playing with five in the back, and he is their left wing back. Ooh, and he's he their Negri. For, he is their Negri. And he's been doing, they said that he's been doing a really good job of that and that they're both low salaries and that Montreal has decided to kind of go money ball. If for those of you baseball fans, Oakland A's, money ball, they're, they, they're, they do not want to spend any money. So they're going yeah. with low risk, high reward. So they got those two cheap contracts. And so far, they feel like it's working out for them. Now, I asked them if it was just basically Duke and Lasseter, the reason that they are all of a sudden doing so well. And they said it, it's a couple things. They do feel like the arrival of Duke and uh, Lasseter did kind of energize the team offensively, especially because they are lacking offensively big time. Um, well, but they didn't think it was just that. They had a lot of injuries coming into the season, and they started getting healthy right around the time of the trade. And they also felt like some of the veterans that kind of were taking it easy kind of got a kick in the ass after that Kamal Miller trade, and then they stepped yeah. it up also. Well, and and the, the one point I wanted to bring up about the acquisition of Bryce Duke for Montreal and how you said that he's been making an impact, he's been making more of an impact than I had imagined because not only is he playing like the 10 on the team, but like he's playing off. He's, he's the one that they're creating off of free kicks off of corners. Like we're talking about Bryce Duke. I don't think I ever saw him often from a, from a free kick or from a corner with us. And we're talking about the last year and a half. And the fact that he was able to be given the reins in Montreal to do that. Like, that's insane to me. And that's a lot of trust. That's a lot of trust. Well, and 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 I'll tell you this much, because of you hating on Lasseter, for sure he's going to get three goals. He's getting a hat trick. And they're all dinking off the off the bars. All of them. Well, let me tell you something. I have, a, <laughs> I have some stats on Lasseter. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to share them with you in a little bit. Um, but Duke... Hasn't necessarily been playing the 10 role uh, with them. Uh, he's been playing out more of like a wing eight? type. 
Yeah, like an eight, like a, like a like he's like more like a winger. He's out wide. He's not playing under the striker. Um, or I guess you could say that maybe they're playing with two tens. I guess you could say maybe, but um, yeah. but he's not playing your your prototypical ten role. But he they said that he is helping a lot offensively. Uh, and Lasseter, like I said, he's been playing well at the at the left wing back. So yeah. it's gonna be interesting. But now getting off of just Duke and Lasseter and just talking about in general, Montreal sucks. They're like really, really bad. Like I, I, I they went on a six-game winning streak, which is where everybody got hyped up. Like, oh my god, Bryce Duke and Lasseter—they're helping them win. Oh my god, oh my god. Three of those games were in the Canadian Cup. Two of those teams, nobody's ever heard of. And then one of them was Toronto, but I don't know if uh, if Toronto was really playing their their plays to win because then they played them three days later in the regular season in MLS also. So one of them might have cared about the Open Cup a little more than the other. So they got three regular season wins. Now, granted, two of those were against decent teams. The Red Bulls have come on a little bit, so that's a decent win. They beat Shitty Orlando. That's a decent win. And uh, don't worry, we're going to get into that. And um, and then they beat Sporting KC, which is probably the worst team in the league. So, By the way, just so you guys listening know why he said we're going to get into that is because Richard Greenberg just mentioned that Lasseter scored tonight. So eat that, Danny. Keep going. And I will tell you that Lasseter has, gotten, has, has had an offside called on him the, the last three games. And I say that because that's how aggressive he is. He's yes. making those overlapping runs, and he's getting into the box. He's so much so that he's getting constantly called on offsides. So I, <laughs> I give it to him. He's trying. He's trying. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. He, he's yet to score in the regular MLS game for them, though. He scored in the that Canadian is, Cup games true. against like, – who the hell did they play again today? Forge. Foreskin? Forge. Oh, Forge. Forge. They yes, Forge. Foreskin. So, um, you know, I – I, nothing, nothing crazy to, to write home about. Like, do you, I guess it's a good question to ask. Who do you think won the trade, Montreal or Inter Miami? I think, uh, I think long term, I think that Montreal won the trade. Uh, I feel like, listen, Kamal Miller to me has been my favorite defender, by far, by far. Well, you know, I can't say by far because Kristoff has been pretty good. But Miller has been a pretty good defender. Like, not only is he solid at the back, but we're talking about a defender that really gives no shits about pushing up. And when he gets the ball, it's not like any of the forwards that are attacking us are really putting pressure on him. He doesn't play that. Like, he's like, ah, I'm good with this. Don't worry about it. You do what you do. So I think it's been good for us, but I think long-term it's going to be better for them. That's what I think. And 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 Sean says that he thinks that it's been even. No, Matthew, I'm not I'm not throwing no shade at Sergi. He's been he's been good. He's been good. I think Sergi's been our best defender. He had an off game against Orlando, but I think by far he has been our best defender. Yeah. Well, what do you think about his play and how do you think that the trade fared? Do you think it's even like Sean, or do you think you know Inter Miami won that trade? Well, I, I think we had no use for Lasseter. I still think he uh, he I, I I never liked seeing him on the field, so I'm okay with Lasseter leaving. Now the Bryce Stu thing, um, I I always wanted to see him play the ten role. I, I for whatever reason he never got the opportunity to. From what they're saying or what they were telling me today, he his he's looked really good, right? He has to grow into that ten role, right? That's what they kept saying. He has to grow into it, but he looks good. He has to yeah. grow into it, but he looks good. But Miami, they don't want a 10 that's going to grow into it, right? They want just a solid 10 already, which we don't have, but supposedly we're going to get in the summertime. So that's why they kind of just used him, right? Yeah. When his value is high and kind of just got whatever they could out of him, they felt like they needed a defender. Um, I, I, I'm with Sean. I'd call it a wash. I'd call it a wash for the simple fact that I don't know if Bryce Duke would be getting that opportunity that he's getting in Montreal right now anyway. Like this, maybe he this... would, but go ahead. This guy Matthew is crazy talk. How they oh, police right. Montreal? Game, huh? I mean, but come on, like, well, what is that? Like, we're still talking about this monopoly money, this Gam Tam stuff. Like, what are we? What are we doing with that? What are we doing with that? Where's Pozuelo? Where's my midfielder, well, we, bro? Well, we have to wait for the summer. 
We're not selling like furniture out here like Rana, like Ra, La Rana. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Um, so I, I guess I, uh, I'm going to talk about a, a little bit about uh, uh, your boy Lasseter. Let's talk. So your boy Lasseter. Now he's playing wing back, right? So he's not really supposed to help too much offensively, especially scoring. Yeah. But he's only been there for what? I want to say seven, eight games. And I'm only looking at the regular season game. So that's like four or five games. Four or five games. With only four or five games played, he's already third on the team in shots on target. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's like you said, they his su- effort's they, there. They, yeah. And no, and that team sucks so much. But guess how many goals he scored? None. Zero. I'm not worried about Lasser this week. I, I'm, I'm not. Well, so neither is, I, I don't want to say he sucks. They think that they think he yeah. sucks. You know, you know what? As as a left wing back, I can see that. I can see that if he can get his defending right. I mean, I mean, we don't count. We don't worry about Negri's defending at all. I think he could contribute yeah. what Negri contributes. So uh, zero goals, even though he has the most shots on target, because Montreal just doesn't shoot and they don't score. Now let's talk about the club in general. The club in general, uh, they have the least amount of shots in the league. They have taken 122 shots all season long. You want to know how many of shots they have on target? 44 shots all year long on target. That's a third. How many games? So they've played 11 games. No, they played 12 games. 44, uh, 12, 36. That's less than four shots on target a game. They're really, really bad. Now, their best player is Kyoto. Kyoto is by far their best player. He has, well, I think I want to say it was three goals. Ooh, Matthew is on fire. He's well, calling he's he's calling Kyoto overrated as hell. Or as well, F. Montreal, 12 goals all season long. Leading score, Kyoto with three of them. He's injured right now. He's probably not going to play on Saturday. Ooh. They have no offense to worry about or for us to worry about. So I'm not too concerned with them scoring on us. I'm really not. Not only do they not take any shots, but they don't take many shots on target. And if they are going to take a shot on target, we have Drake back there. So I think it's all going to be on us scoring. I think now, before um, I move on to that, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, no, 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 no. You go ahead. You go ahead. Well, I was going to get into the defending part of it. Now, goals against, they they've allowed the third most goals in the league. Ooh, that's that's we, saying a lot. We have that's to win a lot. this game. Yeah, we have to win this game. Like. I know you said, well, Neville hasn't been looked too good the last two games. So Montreal is like the game and where like we decide where we should go with Neville. All numbers. I'm a numbers guy. I love numbers. All numbers point to Montreal is ass. So we need to win this game and Phil Neville better have these players ready to go. Because if we can't beat this team, if Joseph and Campana cannot score on this bad defense, I don't know what we're doing. As far as headers, they have... One, two, three. The, the fifth, fifth worst defending team at headers. All we do is cross. Even if we play the cross and shallah, we should be able to score on a header. Bring Borgelin in there. Let's play with three strikers. We better score on a header on one of those crosses. We can't let them score. We better win this game, Chris. Well, and Hazel's Hazel's saying if we lose against Montreal, it's it's protest fill time. Uh, you got Esteban Dito asking, will it be a dud? Or will own goals play a factor on the final score? I don't know about own goals. Yeah, but... I don't know about goals either, but I think we should win. I think we will win. I, I really do. I, I think we will I... win. And, and let me tell you something, Chris. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but one last thing. Yeah. If we lose to Montreal and then we go ahead and we lose to uh, the Red Bulls next Wednesday, next Saturday, I'm showing up with a, with a, a Neville out shirt. Like, hashtag yeah. Neville out. And I'm going to bring a couple to throw them around so I can pass them around to people because we're going to start wearing those shirts to the games if he loses against Montreal and the Red Bulls. Because at that point, no, he needs to go. 
Well, and if if look, it's like I told you, the Montreal game to me is key. If we lose that Montreal game, then I'm I, I'm I'm going to be with you on that. I'm going to be with you on that. And look, Hazel, yes, right. It's not just so much the fact that I love Phil. I just think that firing coach talk is a super lazy argument. I agree. That's why it took me so long to get there. I think it's just a super, super lazy argument. I feel Mm -hmm. like that's the easiest place to go to when your team is not doing well. And when people first start throwing that and not considering all the factors, that to me just screams like, I'm not really paying attention. So like to me, I think to myself, well, there's a couple other problems with this team other than the coach, right? And Esteban, you know what? You know what? Well, if Montreal wins, I'm buying you a beer, Papa. No, we we can't we can't lose the next two regular season games. We can't. Like, that that would be completely unacceptable because Montreal is not a good team. And I understand Steve saying that I'm being too optimistic because we're trash. Also, we're trash. But defensively, we have a great goalkeeper. <laughs> we have solid center backs. And we have what should be two good strikers. Montreal doesn't have any striker. The only striker they have yeah. isn't playing. Their defense has been one of the worst in the league. They went on a, a cute little run. Matthew said, oh, yeah, but they hit their stride. They didn't hit stride. They hit a bunch of Canadian teams that nobody's ever heard of. That's what they hit. And they beat up on those teams, and they made you think that they were good. They beat Orlando. That was cute. And they beat a Red Bulls team. But that was it. Those are the two wins. That was it. They haven't looked good all season. Statistically, they're horrible. I don't see why we shouldn't win this game. I have a question, though, Danny. And and I want to get your thoughts on this. Do you think, especially with Kyoto not playing, right? Lasseter might move a little bit up, Bobby. Do you think that Lasseter or Bryce Duke will have a goal this game? No. I, I look and look. I was a, a Bryce Duke fan always, and I still and I still hope he does well. But you can go back into the archives last season, right? I was saying this back in like September, and yeah. I was telling you, I think, and I know most people weren't listening to us back then because we had just started. It was like a couple episodes in. But if you go back and you listen to those, I was saying Bryce Duke is one of the worst finishers I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know if you remember this, Chris. But I would hate seeing this guy touch the ball inside the box. Stay outside the box. Do not and we're step good. foot inside the box. Because I hated seeing him try to finish. He, I think he had one goal where he like tapped it in. But that guy can't yeah. score. Like I like it Bryce was off Duke. Of pass, I think, I think. Maybe. I don't remember. I just remember he, he tapped it in and then you got hyped. And I said, thank God. But he cannot score. He's not a finisher. And maybe he's going to develop that part of his game. But up until now, he's not that guy. I remember he took the worst penalty kick I've ever seen in my life. Last year, that penalty shootout against Orlando, go watch yeah. that back. Go watch Bryce Duke take that penalty shot. The kick can't that finish. That kick can't finish. And again, I like him. I like him. But he can't finish. So I am not worried about him scoring on us this week. And I know he's going to come around and bite me in the ass. And I'm going to clip this and play it at the beginning of next week's episode. But um, but I, I'll stick with it until he proves me wrong. I don't think he can finish. I really don't. And then Lasseter, you know, I don't worry about him. He's going to, like, run up, have, like, a, a one-on-one with fucking Kamal Miller standing there with his hands behind his back. And he's going to hit Kamal Miller in the chest. He's going to bounce back to him. He's going to hit him in the shin, then in the head. Like, come on. You know Lasseter. We've seen him long enough. You know how he does. He's like a magnet to the defenders. He can't just get to the back of the net. I'm not worried about I- Lasseter or Duke scoring. I think the perfect scenario would be that Calendar tries to go out to save a, a goal or something, and Lasseter is right in front of the goal with one defender in between him. One defender, and, yeah, that's it. And, that's- and, and, and he just blasted off the forehead of, like, McVay. That's what I – if he was playing for Inter Miami, that's for sure what would happen. Let's see if his luck has changed since he went over there. But um, I'm not worried about them scoring. I I do think that we'll win this game. And uh, I guess look at this prediction time. But I could see this uh, too, Steve, getting a little nutmeg action between Lasseter and uh, and Yedlin. Because let me tell you, he's got some skill handling the ball. Danny, you can't doubt that with his little over overstepping 
trick. Nah, he has speed. He ain't got... Yellen's going to make him his bitch. I'm not worried about that. Yellen's going to fucking handle his ass. I am not worried. Like, I, I can't be more disrespectful if I try it. I really do not fear Montreal at all. I think they are one of the worst teams in the league by far. I really do. I They can keep playing against Foreskin or whatever the hell they played again and keep beating up on those teams. I am not scared of Montreal at all. And I think that we're going to dominate. I'm going to... 3-0. 3-0 is my prediction for Saturday. I mean, Steve Munoz is coming out just saying Yellen's a bum. No, oh, get out of here. <laughs> Yellen's been our best player over the last month. Yellen's been playing well. What are you talking about? Over the last this month. Is, it, it, I, he I, has I get, been pretty solid. He has been the, pretty the, solid. The beginning of the season, he, he, was, he was really bad. I remember everybody's called, what was it? Matthew on here was calling yeah, him Midland. Yeah, Midland. <laughs> But over the last month, Yellen has picked it up. He's been one of our best players. I don't know. You're wild, Steve. You're wild. As uh, a matter of fact, he's actually picked it up in 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 contrast to to Negri. Negri to me has kind of you know fallen back a little bit on his side. So that's one thing that I do agree with. And ah, uh, here we go, right, Matthew with the Midland reference again. And uh, and he's he's wondering if you've had a what are you drinking from that thermos, a whole bottle of vodka, I guess. Uh, and I'm gonna interrupt this real quick. Uh, Panthers just scored. I think it was like four seconds left, and uh, it looks like the Panthers heading to the Stanley Cup final. So there uh, yeah, we go. Congrats. congrats to the Panthers. Even though I think they're checking it, I don't know. I, I hope perhaps didn't just just jinx it, but we'll see. All right. Uh, so prediction. I said three zero. I think that that's how it's gonna gonna end. I think that we're they're gonna make us look a lot better than we are. And um, and and and, and Matthew, look, Matthew, 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 you're, you're come on. Yedlin has been playing well. And what was it that what was it that Yedlin did bad over the last two games? Because I remember I said that Yedlin was playing well uh, just a couple weeks ago, and Matthew was like, "Yeah, you're right. He's not meddling anymore. He's playing well." What what happened the last two games? I don't think he's done anything bad the last two games. Well, I, ha- what, I haven't remembered any slip up on defense. I've actually noticed a little bit more uh, strength on the offense. Like he's been actually trying to push the pace. He's actually been making some good crosses. Right, if we're gonna start talking about crosses and how awesome the team's been doing crosses with, you know, uh, he so, I haven't seen any Chris. errors. I mean, me my either. prediction, my yeah, I mean, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I think you're the one that's drinking here, Matthew. Put the put the cup down, Papa. Steve also. So, yeah, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> Steve is out here on fire today too, man. Just <laughs> I'm gonna give you my prediction. My prediction is I think that either Bryce Duke or Lasseter are going to score a goal because I no. just feel like if if the script was played for Joseph, I think we need like a little baby chapter for Bryce Duke and Lasseter. So I'm going to go 2-1. Did you just compare Joseph's head. career with I'm Atlanta saying, that's why to I the said, shit that we got with Bryce Duke and Lasseter? But that's why I said a little chapter. You know what I'm saying? Just a little, like a five-page chapter, like you find in the books, right? It's not like a major part of the story, but it's there. That little five-page chapter. It's important. So no, it's I think important. it's going to be 2-1. I think it's You could literally be tear that page out of the history of the franchise, and you would, could still understand everything. Like, it could literally be a missing chapter out of the book, and you wouldn't skip a beat because it wouldn't matter. Oh, man. I think 2-1. 2-1's my prediction. We come out with the win in Montreal. Uh, I was gonna go two zero, just keep it the same as as how we did in the beginning of the season. But like I said, I think Lasseter is gonna hit one ding in it right off the dong on the side. Uh, all right. So and, and just real quick, if anybody wasn't watching, uh, they checked it. Game is over, and uh, Kachuk scored the game winning goal. Awesome. All right. So Ooh. Panthers in the Stanley Cup final. I mean, doesn't this make you feel a little good, Chris? You got the Heat eighth seed. A win away from the NBA Finals. Uh, the Panthers' eighth seed all of a sudden in the Stanley Cup Final. Inter Miami, I think they're playing their cards right, right? They're like just hovering around the playoffs. Let's just make it as yeah. the eighth seed. And all of a sudden, let's see what happens. Maybe this is the game plan. Well, I'm happy for the Panthers. I actually used to be a huge hockey fan, especially when I used to play hockey. So uh, I'm actually very happy for the Panthers. It's It's awesome to see them go to the Stanley Cup. They deserve it. 
Very good. And and Jonathan Lacey just threw in, let's uh throw the pants and he players to play for Inter for a game and give us a you know what? They 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 do have magic because I at no point that I think that they were gonna the Heat were gonna go up 3-0 against the Celtics. Like the Celtics yeah. have a solid squad. When they went up 3-0, I was shocked. Now I I I mean, not not to get off of into Miami too much, but I'm not gonna lie to you though, and they lost last night, and Boston does scare me a little bit about just randomly. I mean, I'm a Yankee yeah. fan, and I still remember 2004. So yeah, uh, oh my yeah. God, imagine, imagine no, the first I, I don't team want to imagine. in NBA history. I don't. Wow. I, I saw it with I saw it with Boston, the Red Sox, and I don't want to see that again. But anyway, that well, I don't want to get negative and and off of into Miami. But yeah, so congrats yeah. to uh to the Panthers. That's pretty awesome. Maybe I can make it out to a Stanley Cup game. Yeah, well, I mean, they're going to be cheaper than the Heat games. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> anything else for the people, Chris? Everybody, look forward to a Lasseter ding off the dong side. And then calling Danny <laughs> out for being a drunk ass. So, and good one there, Steve. Celtics are soft. Yep. So, everybody look forward to They're that. Soft. And uh, and I guess the next time we'll be on, Danny, it's going to be next uh, oh, Wednesday, yeah, that, that's right. next Thursday. Yes. Yeah, uh, we're, we're not going to – we're usually on on Mondays and Wednesdays. But on Monday, we won't be on. We're, we're both – celebrating our kids birthdays this week uh chris's daughter's birthdays this weekend yeah. and this long weekend and my son's yeah. birthdays this long weekend so we will be out of town so we won't be back until possibly next wednesday which sucks because if we beat montreal by the time we record again we'll be talking about montreal and the red bulls probably so we'll yeah. probably either be on after the red bulls game wednesday night or thursday i'm leaning towards wednesday probably but we'll see but either way we'll keep you guys updated and uh we as always we appreciate you guys joining us live you guys are the best part of this show, so we appreciate you guys joining the chat. And for those of you listening on audio, thank you for listening all the way through. Uh, until then, uh, I let's, let's hope that we're talking about the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals by the time we talk about the next episode. Keep this South Florida thing going. Later, all right, Chris. Guys. I'll see you guys next week.